0: So welcome to the Caesar Wonders podcast for December. I'm Carol, the founder of Caesar Wonder, which is all about supporting you to nourish yourself inside and out and create a life of beauty and joy. So today I want to talk to you about establishing a self-care practice. Um, As I said, this is being recorded in December and we're literally just coming into Christmas Many of us are so tired. I know that I've had a crazy eight weeks and I can't wait to uh, switch off and uh, spend time with my hubby and my three gorgeous dogs. And one of the things I notice that the busier I get, the more my self-care practice falls away. And I think it's a bit like that quote about um, if you haven't got a a time to meditate, um, 30 minutes to meditate, um, then you need an hour. And I think that's very true of self-care too, is that the tireder you get, the harder you're running, the more self-care becomes important. Because every time we um, pour from our own cup, if you like, um, without replenishing it, eventually it gets lower and lower until there really is nothing left and you're run- running on gas fumes pretty much. So I'm holding my hand up saying that I am definitely uh, not great at this myself, I continue falling off the wagon, um, but I think what's important is that you recognise that um, and you get back up and get back onto the wagon when you can, but be kind to yourself because obviously when we do have these crazy periods, um, something does have to give, um, hopefully uh, in future it won't be quite so much of my self-care practice. Um, So one of the things I find really interesting about um, self-care is it's an area where there's a lot of guilt. Um, A lot of people feel guilty spending time on themselves, especially uh, my friends who've got young families or caring for elderly parents. Um, Taking time away uh, from those duties, if you like, or or caring um, leaves a lot of guilt. However, if we don't, look after ourselves it's a bit like the uh, metaphor of being on a plane that you need to put your your mask on first we really can't help other people and I certainly know in my case that the lower my self-care gets the less my self-care gets Um, I'm not as nice a person as I am I think when my my self-care is uh, rolling along nicely Um, so I think when when we do look after ourselves and spend that time it's just better for everybody for ourselves um, and for those around us um, and I, I think, you know, what the research also shows is, as well as preventing the obvious burnout, it does increase our productivity, it can boost our self-confidence, because when we put importance on looking after ourselves, that sort of sends a signal to ourselves that we're worthy of it. And of course, self-care is really fundamental, um, and critical rather, to fighting off illnesses, because it does help our immune system, it does look after our immune system. Uh, and makes it easier for our bodies and our minds to look after ourselves and fight off any diseases. So where do you start? So I thought I would share a few examples with you um, to get you thinking. None of these might resonate with you, but hopefully uh, it will give you some ideas to go off and explore on your own, or maybe do further research. Um, so that as uh, you move forward, um, you can look at different ways to to um, try new things uh, and embed some practices that work for you. Because the one thing about self-care is what's good for me isn't necessarily good for you. So one size definitely doesn't fit all, just like with yoga. Um, when it comes to our own wellbeing, it really is about finding what um, suits our bodies, suits our minds and suits our lifestyles as well. So one of the um practices I think is quite beautiful. um It's not something I do as regularly as I would like, but I always find value in doing that is keeping a journal. I found an interesting quote um recently by um someone called Maud Purcell, um who was writing for the health benefit on the health benefits of journaling, and Maud said, "A pen coupled with paper can serve a powerful life tool. that's a pen coupled with paper can serve as a powerful life tool." Journaling has had a very long history. Um, there's evidence of journaling going back to the 10th century in Japan. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, there's very famous examples such as Anne Frank. And it's pretty accessible to most people. All you need is some kind of writing implement and some paper, or in being the 2021 or nearly 2022, a smartphone and your fingers. If' either of those work of course there's lots of other tools that you can do to record your your thoughts in some way now keeping a regular journal has been shown to help us process our feelings and thoughts. It really helps us when we're trying to make sense of the world around us, particularly if we are going through tricky times confusing times seeking um, seeking some um ways forward or some understanding. Um, And I don't just mean when, you know, maybe things that uh, are not so nice happening to us. But I know that when I was trying to work out what I wanted to do when I left left the corporate world, um, this proved really, really helpful, um, especially uh, back in around 2014, when I, I really started exploring that in more depth. But aside from those benefits, it's also been shown to boost our immunity and really help us fight off disease. So again, a a guy called James Pennybaker from the University of Texas, and sorry, James, if I've mangled your name, um, has conducted a lot of research. And what his research is suggesting is that journaling can actually strengthen our immune cells, um, and they're called T lymphocytes. He believes that the, the reason this is happening is because journaling can help us process stressful events, and it helps us to manage our stress response, which in turn is then reducing the stress impact on our bodies and how our body reta- um, is responding to stress. So journaling seems you know to be one of those things that's good on a, a lot of levels, uh, whether it 's it 's physical or emotional or mental, so I think it 's one that uh, if you can do consistency consistently that 's great, or maybe um, weaving it in um, to times in your life when it suits you. Now I find I I love journaling when I have holidays and I'm on retreats and that's when I tend to practice uh, journaling but I have a lot of friends who it's a daily practice either first thing in the morning or sometimes last thing at night. So again going back to what I said earlier it's about finding a way that it fits in your lifestyle in a way that works for you. And moving on to that um, is a practice that I am particularly passionate about. This is something I learned to do during quite a difficult time in my life where I was working in a role um, in quite a toxic environment. And just uh, getting out of bed every morning and, and facing the day uh, was, was pretty tough. And that's establishing a gratitude practice. Gratitude um, and practicing a sort of a... a, a a regular uh, way of being, of, of looking at our blessings and what we're thankful for can actually uh, re-educate our brain. It can also bring us into the here and now. And, you know, when I say that, I can see, you know, that there's probably a few eyeballs rolling out there. I- I'm not talking about positive toxicity, you know, that sort of, you know, faking it um, just for the sake of it. Um, I believe that pretty much in most situations not all but most situations we can find something to be grateful for whether it's if we're um, on holiday the beautiful clean air that we're getting to breathe Um, the soft water uh, in the shower as it washes our skin and our hair Um, for me the the smell of the coffee and the taste of the coffee first thing in the morning Um, or or it might be hearing a tune that just brings that back beautiful memories for that for that moment as you hear it it could be a huge variety of things and I think as I said most in most circumstances there's something that um, to find gratitude for now how I've kind of over the years as I said I started back in around I think it had been about 2015-16 um and what I found worked for me over time I, I started uh by writing it down I, I got a a, 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 um, a gratitude journal where you would record three things a day in it um but I found I forgot it uh, especially if I was very tired um so what I found worked and I do most mornings um with it's, it's now become just a natural thing it's when I'm coming to in the morning because I'm a real sleepy head I'm not a morning person so once the alarm's gone off or my my eyes start opening I I'm usually, just, you know, thinking about what I am going to be grateful for in the day or I'm grateful for in, for in that moment. And I think the trick to it is trying to find different things because otherwise it's going to become very routine. You know, my doona is always very nourishing and comforting <laughs> and lovely and warm in the winter. Um, you know, so that could get a bit repetitive. So I, I try and find variations on things. So I, I'm i going to be the first to own that um, if you were to be inside of my head when I'm thinking about my dogs do feature in it in many, many different forms a lot. But I do find try and find um, different things and uh, to be grateful for. for so whether it's um, them cuddling with me as I am sort of settling down after a long day Um, to when they poke their little feet out and you see their little what they often call in Instagram toe beans and the little paws pads um, poking out, it looks super cute and uh, it always brings a smile to my face. So um, that's sort of an example of how you can take, you know, being grateful for your dogs in so many different ways and that can obviously be done for many, many other things. I then in the evening do the same thing, um, reflecting back on my day generally. Um, just to sort of set the tone at night. Now, this one I'm not so regular with. I obviously get very tired um, uh, because I'm running a business and I still do a bit in the corporate world as well. So uh, like most people, I get a bit snoozy at night. Um, But I would say that um, I probably do this uh, around four times a week. Um, And I just think it's a really nice way to end your day, especially if you've had one of those days. Um, It can just change the tone of it up. Um, And I I find it puts me in quite a good headspace for when I'm sleeping. Now, studies have shown that a a regular gratitude practice can increase our happiness. And and you've probably heard that before. But did you also know that it can help decrease inflammation in our bodies? I stumbled upon a white paper that's called The Science of Gratitude. It was published back in 2018 by the Greater Good Science Centre. And it found um, like many other studies, that individuals reported greater satisfaction with life if they had a regular gratitude practice. They enjoyed better sleep, and that's probably evidenced, you know, just by my little example before. Um, but interestingly, they also had lower levels of cellular information which I think when you, you know, it's a bit like the journaling side is that uh, for me that, that I could see the mental and emotional side of it, but I hadn't actually connected it to the physical side. So I was quite surprised when I read about this gratitude practice actually having that effect um, on, on the bodies at a cellular level. Um, so it, uh, it seems to be physically good for us as well. Um, that study also interestingly found um, that individuals demonstrated greater um, resilience when facing um, situations that were less than rosy, and again, better over physical health. So that's the gratitude practice. And you're going, Carol, this probably, you know, both of these seem to take a bit of effort. So one that you can do anytime, this can be a pick-me-up, could be a regular occurrence. I like to call it the the one-person dance party. Now, I love to go dancing, but um, I'm nearly 50 so going clubbing isn't as common um, anymore and certainly finding uh, mates uh, that will come with me um, as I break up my nana moves uh, are not as common as when I was, say, 25. So one of the things I love to do and I'm probably inspired by Grey's Anatomy which is quite a favourite of mine is to pop on a favourite tune. Uh, we live in a semi-detached so i um, to, to spare my neighbour's ears, I'll put my headphones on and turn the volume up and I will spend a few minutes or maybe more, depending on my mood, dancing around the lounge um, or if my hubby's around in one of the bedrooms, <laughs> so he, uh, he doesn't get a good giggle, though I wouldn't mind um, because it, I have to say, um, having a good shake out um, and sometimes humming along um, just really can shift my my mood. Um, and my energy levels, I find, you know, it kind of shakes it out. Um, if you're getting in a, a funk about something, something's frustrating you, or you've just had a stressful call or whatever, getting up and uh, having a good jig around the room really can change my mindset and, and make me much more positive um, and upbeat than I would have been otherwise. And that's certainly um, backed up by the research. Um Dancing is obviously uh, physical, so there are the physical, obvious physical benefits that go with dancing. I, I'm not sure my few minutes um, dancing around the lounge uh, would give me significant change in my um, my, my tone and strength. Uh, but it certainly gets your body moving and the blood pumping, um, and that's always a, a, a good thing. Uh, Well, what's really interesting, I found, when I was reading um, a a blog by Beverly Mez um, in the Harvard Medical um, Schools blog, is that when you dance to music, it actually significantly increases those benefits. And what she says is by incorporating music, dance... The the benefits of the dance um, goes beyond the exercise alone, and that's because music stimulates the brain's reward centers um, uh, and complements the fact that the dance is activating your sensory and motory circuits. So don't feel guilty next time you feel like a bit of. I don't know, Abba Dancing Queen is a favourite of mine, but I'm also a very heavy rock chick, so I love to break out um, some really nice heavy guitar music, uh, perhaps hailstorm with Lizzie Hale's beautiful big voice or uh, maybe a little bit of evanes- Evanescence. Um, and just, you know, dance dance it out, shake it out, um, and it can really uh, change your mood. And that's something you can do in a few minutes. Um, it doesn't really cost anything, hopefully. hope, I think most most people in in, certainly in the Western world um, have access in some ways to music. But if you don't, then just dance it out wherever you are. Um, It still has lots of benefits. So now I've given you a a version of uh, a self-care practice that's relatively easy to incorporate into your day. the next one's something that obviously would take a bit more time and a bit more of a commitment. And that's volunteering at a local charity or not-for-profits. What this is shown to do in the studies is that it helps us feel more socially connected to others. It, it connects us into our community. Um, and that in turn can help reduce our loneliness. It can um, help change our mood. It can with certain um, types of depression uh um be a big help uh for 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 helping us address depression um it also because we're um socially connecting um it it i think it also just is a an energizer as well because if especially if you don't interact maybe in your job um, or with how you live your life very much, um, having those sort of in, uh, verbal interactions or even physical interactions, you know, uh, COVID allowing, um, uh, 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 you know, if you're on your own a lot, you don't get a hug and things like that. So when you're re- meeting with people, there's also opportunities to have these physical and, and, and verbal interactions. And I think that goes a, a long way to lifting our energy. Um, Obviously, you're an extrovert. That's gonna um, gonna lift you more. Maybe as an introvert, uh, you have to manage the exposure um, so that you get the benefits without um, needing to 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 uh, go off and recharge uh, because uh, it's just a bit too much. I'm very conscious of that too. Um, that again, one size doesn't fit all, and different versions of this will suit different people. And volunteering is also a really great way of resetting our perspective now that isn't to say if we're dealing with really tough situations you know serious illness uh serious economic problems uh house you know maybe facing housing issues etc so i'm not talking about those kind of problems but what i mean is that as i go about my day-to-day sometimes i get so wrapped up in my problems that I lose sight that sometimes they're hashtag first world problems. Um, and secondly, the world really isn't going to end, even though it's beginning to feel like it, you know, that's sort of what you get in a bit of a spin, I think, uh, not necessarily catastrophizing, but I don't know, it just feels worse than it, it, it necessarily is. And it, and it genuinely feels worse at the time. And what they found with volunteering, especially with um, helping those who are in more difficult situations than yourself, it's a really great way to recalibrate, to get, you know, new perspective to get that distance, um, and remind ourselves, you know, there are others doing it tough and in some cases tougher. Um, and it reminds us, uh, you know, of, of what it is to be grateful for the things that we do have in our lives. However, it's, it's, you know, I've, I've talked about some of the, um, the, the mental health and emotional benefits there. Um, that is also, again, really good for your health. Um, now, I haven't quite hit 50, um, but I'm really close. And I know a lot of my listeners are uh, in the in similar age bracket um, or, or, or slightly um, ahead of me in the game. Um, so I was really interested to read a study by um, the Carnegie Mellon University that found that adults over 50 who volunteered regularly were a lot less likely to develop high blood pressure um, they, they found other benefits as well, um, but d- that struck me because, again, this is where, to me, it's sort of, you know, I can see the obvious emotional and mental benefits, um, but again, this the, these, these physical benefits are coming to play as well, because if we have lower blood pressure, um, high blood pressure is linked to so many um, illnesses, diseases, or can be an indicator that you're at risk of, that... Um, Obviously, having um, a lower blood pressure um, is is advantageous. So I thought that was really interesting, seeing that coming out of um, of that that study. So again, self care is good for your your mind, your body, and your soul. Um, so when we're feeling guilty about doing it, um, we we really uh, need to look at what's what's driving that because it's you know it's going to help us, and therefore it's going to uh, help us. Uh, help those around us too now i, I promised i would do five um, different ideas so my last one and those of you who follow me a bit will know that i'm passionate about this is smudging and this is something that you can do um, pretty easily um, on a as regular basis as you like um obviously not necessary several times during the day before I get myself in trouble um <laughs> you don't want to be creating too much smoke in the home but you get my point is that you could it could be a, week, a nice weekly practice to do but it's also a great practice to do when um you're changing jobs um after, in my case, you get off the phone with Optus, as on one memorable occasion when I was uh, battling through the M B N stuff, and I, I felt like I needed to smudge the house afterwards. the yeah, it was almost blue um, with my frustration. Um, it can be um, great to do after illnesses, um, starting a new partnership or as a partnership ends. Um, and I also like to do it regularly because, you know, the energy and the the the, the you know, the to me, the, the the energy and the vibrations, etc., in our home can get a bit stale, um, and I always think it's a, a great way of freshening it up um, and just clearing the spaces. And this, as many of you have heard before, is where my husband's eyes start rolling, and all I can hear, you know, hear is the thought Bob of his head is going, "Oh, this is the woohoo stuff again." But what's really interesting when you start looking into smudging is there's now so much science to back it up um, that's been coming out for quite a long time, and these. This science is now base, you know, backing what the ancients have been saying for so long about smudging, is that it cleanses and it purifies and it can change our energy um, for the better. Now, on the energy side, um, I came across uh, some interesting research um, that was done back around the 1930s uh, by Dr. Clarence Hansel, and he was studying the effects of negative ions. What he'd noticed is that the mood of his colleagues when they were near machinery that were creating negative ions was markedly happier. Now, I always want that to be the other way around, but it's the negative ions. And when they were near machinery emitting positive ions, they were much more sullen. Now, obviously, a lot more research has been done into that, and and there's now a really much clearer understanding of of the positive side of negative ions um, what they can do um, in, in terms of mood enhancers and um, that's certainly now been validated in um, other later studies uh, as well as the work that hansel did um, and these later studies have also identified a range of other benefits, which have include, uh, included uh, a decreased in incidence of headaches, for example. Um, in one study I read, um, they found that uh, there was a 50 percent decrease in, in office in the office workers they were studying um, of, of them experiencing um, headaches. Um, so you're going, Carol, what, what has that got to do with smudging? I know. I know. Bear with me. So, um, There's been a lot of studies done also um, to show that when um, when for use smudge, that it is actually changing the charge in the air and it's changing it from positive to negative ions, which obviously based on Hansel studies and other studies is going to help promote feelings of joy. It's going to reduce those negative emotions, along with promoting some of the other health benefits and when the ancients had talked about or when I talk about you know it clears the negative energy that is where that's coming from so we now have the science that backs it up and the other thing that's become clear with the, the research is that um, the, the, the purifying and the cleansing side is also backed by science Smudging has been shown to clean the air of 94% of, of up to 94% of harmful bacteria. And I'm not making any COVID claims here. Um, I've not read any studies around that, but uh, you know, this is uh, pre-COVID times. Um, And that bacteria can be cleared from 24 hours in in some cases, certain types of bacteria can be cleared for even longer. Um, One of the studies um, that has been produced, and if you want the name of that study, please read my blog on this because I cannot pronounce it. I think it's pronounced um, Ethnopharmacology, the Journal of Ethnopharmacology. Um, There was an article published back, sorry, study published back in 2007, a peer-reviewed study, um, that reported a very long list of pathogenic bacteria that was shown to be absent in an open room 30 days after um, a smudging treatment had taken place. And, you know, again, science is backing up. What the ancients knew is that, you know, so by smudging, we're actually impacting the the harmful bacteria in the room in a a positive way again. And, you know, it's, it's, it's clearing that out um so the cleansing and purifying part of smudging also has some um relevance and from a self care perspective you know we've now talked about changing up our negative energy we've talked about getting rid of the bugs in the air which is good for you and one of the last things I'll say on smudging before I uh move on about how to build more self care practices into your life how to make that easier for you is that um Herbalists have, have long been singing smudges praises, particularly sage smudging, and they've been promoting its ability to increase alertness, improve memory and calmness. And what the studies are now showing, um, particularly um, some I've discovered um, based from researchers out of the UK um, who looked at Spanish um, sage, is that research is consistent with that and actually backs up um, the, the the findings show that there are significant cognitive improvements, uh, sorry, uh, performance um, and enhanced mood. So absolutely more alertness, improved memory and calmness all um, came out through those studies. If you are interested in how to give smudging a go, I've got two other um I've got two blogs up on there uh, on the website. One is about when and how to smudge, uh, which is uh, two of the most common questions I ever get when I'm out at markets or or my emails from customers. Um, And there's also a more detailed blog um, that goes into more of this science um, called the ins and outs of smudging. It also talks you through the different types of smudges that there are around, because it's not just sage. Um, There's also things like paleo santo. Um, You can smudge with uh, lavender, for example, And other types of dried herbs and um, flowers. Um, And it's a really beautiful practice. So head over to the blog. Um, The how and when to smudge is more recent. You will need to go down a little bit to find the ins and outs smudging. Um, It's further down the page. So hopefully, that's given you some ideas of self-care practices that you might not have put under self-care in your head before but definitely fall under that category um, to give you some inspiration um there's so many more you can do like finding a new hobby or rediscovering a hobby you loved as a child um taking classes and something learning macrame. this all stimulates the mind it takes our mind off dwelling on things it, it it brings us into a more mindful state um there's just so many different practices you know is it could be as simple as having a hot bath every wednesday evening you know you just make it a little bit more special pop some essential oils maybe in the bath close the door uh, get your partner to to help maybe if, if you've got kids or uh, in my case dogs who have to join in everything i love them to bits but sometimes it's nice not to have a um a dog trying to climb in the bath with you. Um, if only they would when I was trying to wash them, there. Um, so, you know, talk to your partner and if you're living with someone, um, your flatmates, um, to create that bit of space. Or your um, self-care uh, might be uh, look different and you might be wanting to do your self-care uh, with people. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So we've given, I've talked through our examples of self-care. Um, how do you now build more self-care in your life now getting ideas is the easy part almost actually applying them and applying them in a sustainable way is the hard part um certainly for me um i think uh we have a, a um something called tapas in yoga philosophy and it it talks that's about discipline um and uh, you know about getting on your mat even when you don't feel like it doing meditation even when you just um, you know it's you, 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 the last thing you want to do um, because we know it's good for us and we know that that type of discipline um, is going to bring us benefits and this applies to self-care practice as well and it's really for many of us I think actually you know most of us quite difficult to do um, so my recommendation is start small one of the most common reasons that we fail to make sustainable change for forever nature is that we try and achieve too much, too big. We set too big a goals, too ambitious a goal. We want results so quickly um, that we really are setting ourselves up to fail when we do that. So what I would suggest is pick um, one thing or maybe two really small things and look at weaving them into your life over a period of time. Now, it could be as simple as incorporating some um, breathing exercises into your day. If those of you who have listened to uh, me on InstaLives and and in other podcasts will know that this is something I'm very passionate about. One of my epiphanies was I I spent a lot of time on the computer um, at my desk even um, though I run a yoga business, unfortunately, websites and all that keep me uh, tied to to the desk a lot more than I would like. Um, I don't get to make malas as much as uh, I would love to, um, but that's the reality of an entrepreneur. And I'm I'm not knocking it. I, lo- I love running my business, but I do get into the flow. I cannot move for six hours. My husband sometimes has to, quite often, has to remind me to eat, etc., uh, etc. Et sometimes it's only when I'm absolutely desperate for the loo that I realise <laughs> I have not moved for way too long. So I've learned to just uh build in some really short breath practices and one of my favorites is the box breathing where you you know breathe in for four hold for four breathe out for four hold for four and just keep repeating that and they found that you know even four repeats of that makes a difference in our brain and certainly I know from just how I feel that it often helps to reset me. It helps to get my perspective back. It can help ground me. I'm a really bad shallow breather when I'm concentrating. My, my breath almost you know lifts up to my shoulders. So it gets me breathing back in my belly again, getting some really good, good air in there, um, which clears, clears my mind and makes me feel a lot more centered and focused. So it could be simple as that. It could be setting aside an evening, as I said, where you run yourself a, a, a warm bath, uh, put in some beautiful bath soak, and you take your book or maybe a Kindle, in um, perhaps on a big tray, um, so that you just switch off for a little while and it's just your time to to, to stop. Um, or you might just be really happy to do nothing, to just close your eyes and enjoy the, the heat of the bath soaking into your body. If you're someone who wants to do something a bit more physical, you might want to walk around the block three lunch times a week. That might be your goal um oil you know if you like cooking you might decide that each weekend you're going to cook a new healthy recipe um and exp- explore um new 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 recipes to to put into your repertoire too often um what you know we get stuck in a rut and that's when our bad habits can come in so i've often even though i'm not a good cook and i'm not a big fan of cooking i love eating I'm not a big fan of cooking i'm not very good at it um i often find that when i've figured out the recipes I can actually build it into my my eating much better uh, because you know I've got less excuse about one not having the ingredients in and two not knowing what to do and three not coming out very well I can get um, some great staples you know things like bliss balls and that uh, even I can manage so that's also a really good trick and again some of those happen maybe a couple of times a day some might happen once a week Um, some might happen only at the weekend it's again working out what's going to um, what, what's important is it needs to be something that makes you feel good. It works with your lifestyle and then it resonates on some level with you. If you passionately hate running, I can guarantee that when you come into the cold winter and if you decided to do it at six o'clock in the morning, good luck keeping that practice going because, you know, that's that, that, you know, if you really don't want to do it and you're hating every moment, it makes it really hard to get out of a, a, a bed into a, a, into a cold house and, and get outside. And remember, we're all different. We're all living unique lives. So you might have um, a family with two kids next door, might have the family, two kids, but your lives are always going to be different. So it's about what works for you. um, And not worrying if if it's um, you see someone else doing something, but it's not working for you. You don't actually know why that's happening. Um, There could be many, many reasons. And it's certainly not you being a failure. It's just not right for you perhaps at this moment in time it might be something you can revisit as well later on so i think that that's a really key point um you need to reflect on what you need in your life at this moment and you need to be honest and take a really hard look at what doesn't serve you and maybe it doesn't serve you anymore it might have served you before but it's it's just really not serving you anymore and what you need to feel more balanced happier and healthier so one of the things um I'm terrible at is I eat too much sugar I um, was brought up on the old traditional you have a savory then you have a sweet and you have um, very sweet stuff for breakfast as well Um, you know um, cocoa pops uh, was you know cornflakes and stuff like that uh, were were just the the norm when I was young Um, and my mum cooked a lot really great food lots of vegetables and everything but even so those were things that were the norm at the time and not necessarily seen to be a bad thing that's obviously changed significantly um so no 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 denigration to my mom there um it was what the culture was saying at the time and and she certainly was doing her um consciously doing her best to make sure that she had what she thought was a very healthy lifestyle and, and diet for example coca-cola fizzy drinks were banned to special occasions because uh, uh, even at that stage uh, before they understood quite what coca-cola does to a penny um uh, you know there was my mom's understanding was that that wasn't necessarily great for your teeth and then for for, for your body um but what it's left me with is uh, when I eat something savory, my body just immediately craves, in a really horrible way, sugar, sugar. Um... And I find it hard. Um, The only time I've got close to to getting under control is when I went on a a retreat and detoxed. (laughs) And I managed to throw up. I had such bad withdrawals because they took fruit away from me as well. Um, And my body went into shock pretty much, I think. Um, uh, But it's something I continually struggle with and much better. But um, I still have a long way to go. Um, So for me, it's about how can I incorporate things into my diet uh, that nurture my body, that nourish me. But also take into account that if I was going to turn around and say I'm cutting all sugar out or any sweet stuff out that, you know, that's just not going to last in my life. I'm being very honest. there. <laughs> so have a look. What changes do you need to make? And then consider what practices, what approaches are going to help you on your way to achieving that and then break them down. You know, so you might have a, a, an end goal of running 10K, but ha- if, if that's, you know, because you you want to get out for, you know, for physical reasons to get your body moving. Um, you want to, to up your exercise and you want to, you know, you you want to have some headspace. Maybe, you own. my husband's a runner and in, it's his uh, quiet time. So he, he loves it from that perspective. So say you want to go running. Don't obviously try and run 10K in one go. Don't even try and run um, 1K necessarily in one go. Look at how you can break yourself in. So when I was, um, my husband uh, taught me to run um and he did it by interval training and I literally would run 200 meters walk 200 meters for example um and I built up from that until I did make the 10k run um eventually um proved the point and then dropped back to 5k which was much more my style unfortunately my body doesn't allow me to do that anymore so I do a lot more yoga now but uh, it it taught me a really good lesson too um you can have bigger goals but do remember don't like I was saying, start small. Don't start off aiming for the 10K run. But if you you know, look at how you can build up to getting there and how then you could weave that into your life. Now, I mentioned about doing with somebody. Um, you might find recruiting a friend uh, for some of your self-care practices um, helps you stick to your practice. Um, you might have a local friend or perhaps a work colleague who wants to go and walk around that block with you at lunchtime or a family member who wants to practice yoga with you on a Sunday morning. Um. But what the research again shows on this side is that having a partner in crime or or self-care in this case um, can be a really good way of motivating you to stick to prioritising your self-care. Because by making a commitment to someone else, you're far less likely to cancel it. You're far less likely um, to pull out and you're more likely to go through with it, uh, which is a a win-win. And that's because many of us um, will let down ourselves, if you like. I, I fall in this category. Um, but if I've promised somebody else, uh, given hell or high water, I, I will um, do my damnedest to, to honour a commitment. So um, this is a tactic that can work quite well for me. Um, just beware that it doesn't become like a, a chore, though, because then it falls into the I don't want to do it category. And then you're less likely to, um, to, to continue with it. And another great way of um, creating sustainable self-care practice or routine is to schedule it into your diary. And prioritize it just like you would a work meeting, a doctor's appointment, or maybe soccer practice for the kids. There's no way you wouldn't pick up the uh, the, get the kids to soccer practice. Um, Your self care should take the uh, same priority. Um, Conscious, you might not spend the time you do with the soccer practice, but you you need to look at how you can maybe find some moments throughout the day um, that can become your little moments of of self-care so i'm not talking about carving out an hour or anything for yourself i know that that uh, i don't have kids um, so i know that um and i find it hard so i know that that's just no those sorts of things are just not necessarily achievable for most of us or many of us Um, also when you're carving out that time um make sure you honor it uh, try not to let it get booked over and I'm the pot calling the kettle black here. I am not so good at doing this. Um, if someone else externally asks me to do something I will that's my my go-to is to deprioritize mine. Own self-care appointment so that's something I work on continually um, though I'm getting better at it um, as I really understand the value of you know to my body and my brain as I get older uh, and my soul. Um, the um Other thing is when you try new things, don't give up immediately. Do give it a little bit of time. It might be bumpy at the beginning, um, but give it a chance just to see whether it's just something new that you're adjusting to. Or whether it's just some or it really is something that doesn't resonate with you, obviously, if it's causing you a health risk or, or of any kind, um, then, then then do stop. But um, I'll, I'll give you an example of when me when I first try meditation. So I'd read a lot, and I've got a couple of medical conditions that were flaring up at one point, and I knew med, uh, meditation was. Um, very good for the body. It's it, it does amazing things physically and mentally, um, and there's amazing research out there about it. So I was like, right, I'm going to give this a go. Well, it was a train wreck because I went in it being a type A perfectionist type of personality and immediately expected to have an empty mind, um, and you know be up there in a blissful state, which inevitably didn't happen. Um, as you all know, I'm a chatterbox. My inside of my head is no different. I have a very noisy committee of the mind. They're very talkative. They talk over each other, um, and they completely ignore any agenda I set. Um, So it took a lot of a bit of time to 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 learn how to work with my mind and to realize that it was okay to have thoughts. It was okay to wander off what I you know my mind. um, and I learned lots of techniques about how to bring my, my mind back. I, I I tried different types of meditation. I discovered some I really didn't like and just did not resonate with me. And I discovered others that I uh, I love, such as uh, I love alternate nostril breathing and using the breath to help me meditate. I love Kendall meditation. Um, I like mantra meditation in my head. Um, I find that really powerful and i love guided meditations or uh, music uh, infused meditations and you know there's just so many out there um that when i gave it a bit of time and i took the pressure off me from it you know not to to reach you know the state of bliss uh, on day one or maybe ever um and it was more about sitting and uh, more or standing and doing it depending what i'm doing um it was more about doing it and then what i found that um over time is that little by little even after meditating for only maybe a few minutes but doing it a few times a week i started seeing the benefits coming through um and that you know once that started happening you know it, it motivated me and inspired me to keep going and um i've, I've now built up um and while I'll never be the person doing an hour every morning, I have a friend who meditates for 20 minutes in the morning, sometimes 20 minutes in the evening. That doesn't work for my lifestyle. Um, I am now more of a regular uh, a meditator uh, and do a lot of breath work, much more so than I do my physical yoga practice now, which is uh, quite interesting because it used to be completely the other way around. So having shared that with you, um, I thought this would be a quick one, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm hitting nearly 45 minutes, so there you are once I get going. It's such a topic I'm passionate about, and I think so important um, that the time has gone on. I hope listening to this have inspired you to prioritise time to nurture yourself, to look at weaving in more time for self-care practices into your life. Um, I think that there's so many physical, mental, and emotional benefits um, to practising self-care that when that little voice comes in and makes us feel guilty or maybe an external voice uh, chimes in and, and tries to make us feel guilty it you know we've now hopefully i've given you the re some research some science etc as well as examples that will help you know remind you that actually this is uh, it is it's like um it's like taking a parasimeter for a headache it's looking after our bodies but it's preventative um, rather than having to cure the headache um, it's preventative and it can, it can really help us um, take on life and navigate much more gracefully, more joyfully and with more resilience. Um, so by looking after yourself, um, as, as the quote goes, um, we really are able to look after others so much better. As Eleanor Brown um, stated uh, when she said, uh, I, I just think this is so powerful, she, her quote is that Rest and self-care are so important. When you take time to replenish your spirit, it allows you to serve others from the overflow you cannot serve from an empty vessel. And that's a quote that I go back to often, um, especially when my little voice internally, or or maybe someone externally is is making me feel a bit guilty. And it just reminds me um, how important it is. Because if we're making time for things that don't nurture us, um, eventually, you know, that is going to catch us up um, in some form, Uh, Whether that's burnout or um, some uh, a health issue um, of some kind, or just generally feeling knackered all the time, Um, self care is is is, you know is so vital. Um, I I I think it um it while it's not at the top of my list, it should be, and I I hope you learn from my bad habits, um, and this will inspire you to move forward in a uh, in a way that allows you to to feel. Strong and empowered to build your self care into your day to day lives. Thank you for listening. That wraps it up today. I will be back in the new year 2022 uh, with some more podcasts soon. Um, if you want to find out about the release of uh, my new podcasts, uh, blogs, um, or any other events that I'm up to, uh, you can head over to my website seedsofwonder.com. Um, or you can um, subscribe for updates um, if you follow me um, on uh, at the website actually and on uh, instagram you can subscribe if you click the link in my bio seeds of wonder underscore australia for australia Um, and i also post about stuff on facebook which is seeds of wonder australia all one word i couldn't get them both the same i hope to see you in the new year online um, as always, if you have uh, any questions for me, if you're interested in me doing a particular broadcast or writing a particular pl- blog, do let me know. Email me at info at au. And with that, I'll um, wish you happy holidays. And um, if you're listening to this around December 2021 um, and take care until next time and see you in the new year.